0: Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out LJN Radio. Today on Moving Up the Ladder, imagine your business is so busy, so in demand that there's actually a daily waiting list of people just looking to give you money. And the best part is you barely had to spend any coin on advertising. Well, that is the magic behind the success of Voodoo Donut out of Portland, Oregon. And to give us a peek into their success, we have co-founder Kenneth Cat Daddy Pogson here on LJN Radio. He's going to talk about Voodoo Donut's masterful word of mouth success. Kenneth, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Well, in doing some research, I did read in a number of areas, uh, just people mentioning how brilliant you are when it comes to business sense and just understanding, really having that savvy. So tell us exactly how you thought the idea of, one, donuts was a great business idea, and two, why Portland, Oregon was the place to do it.
1: You know, I've been in the service industry since I was in sixth grade. I really felt in tune with that. It's part of my blood, all of that. So that kind of gave me the the confidence of my idea to at least push. And um, we, my business partner and I, you know, we we were going to go do something. We shook hands to go into business, not not knowing absolutely what we were going to (laughs) do. We kind of figured we'd be going into making a bar because we were both bar people. He booked bands and bars. I was a, a bar manager for years. Okay we kind of started experimenting with different ideas, and then we had the epiphany one day that there hadn't been a new donut shop in Portland, Oregon in almost 20 years. Hmm. And that really piqued our interest and kind of got us going. And then, you know, to throw the why Portland in there, you know, well, if we're going to do this, why don't we do it over the top and do it crazy and (laughs) make this, you know, the craziest donut shop in the world, the rock and roll donut shop, the punk rock donut shop, you know, there was, it was a bunch of different things. It was kind of tried to label the theme on and on until it just kind of, Happened and stood on its own, and we've kind of tried to push that as well because we're proud of Portland, we love Portland, and all that stuff. So it all just kind of swirled together, and you know, between our hard sweat and our dogged determination to make it happen, you know, we knew this would work. We knew it would be the thing, and lo and behold, we it paid off because it actually worked.
0: And we'll definitely get into some of the I don't want to say crazy ideas, but maybe they are crazy ideas that you guys have implemented, and really what's worked for you and for your company. Part of how I came across Voodoo Donut was the recognition of your company, really your phenomenal ability to grow and succeed with hardly anything spent on advertising, basically doing it with word of mouth type marketing. How did you do that? What was sort of the process? Did you have some key initiatives, strategies that you worked on? Take us a little bit inside how you went from you know being this just grand idea into creating a business that is recognized worldwide.
1: The motivating factor, of course, was the fact that we had no budget, <laughs> so we <laughs> had helps. to figure out a way to kind of make this happen and what are we going to do, and my business partner and I are about-town people. We were both, he, my business partners in bands, I was announcing a wrestling show at the time and a game show host, all these bar, kooky bar uh, show things, and we had a microphone in our hand while we were building this place. And so what did we do? We talked about donuts, any chance we got. And then even when we started testing, then we we're just flying donuts all over the place and came up with, you know, we had a sheet at first of all the crazy things we were going to do to drive in business. And when we were sitting across the street from our planned location, even before we signed a lease, like we've got to have this space. And one of the epiphanies we had was like, God, if we could just get people to, get off the plane and come to us. Because, hmm. you know, we'll get Portland. We'll nail Portland. Portland will be easy for us because we're Portlanders and everybody will, you know, wrap around a Portland business. But, you know, that's some, that's some free gravy if you get those people getting off the plane. And lo and behold, that that happened and went crazy. And we just, I've always kind of said, we, we run a circus. We do the crazy acts. We have eating contests. Trace and I do kooky things, uh, all that kind of stuff. That we feel, and like what people, like what, what you're kind of saying is how hard that is to to come up with that word of mouth advertising for us, we feel that was the easy part. Making a good donut was the hard part for us. And that's still the biggest focus. He and I come up with crazy ideas all the time and we're still doing crazy things, but we got to maintain the quality of the donut because for us, the circus luring the people in easy, mm-hmm. but luring them back, that's the key. And the, the donut, the good donut is the key to luring them back. Anybody will show up to the circus once, but if they're bored with it, yeah, all right, been there, done that. But hopefully we get the circle going where not only do they come, they come back. And the key thing to that word of mouth advertising is they all go out and tell their friends about the kooky, crazy things they're doing at that donut shop in Portland.
0: Well, that is interesting because I was going to ask if you thought there were things that set apart your donuts from, you know, a donut you could get at some other location, whether it be a chain place or one of those local establishments. Is that what draws people in? Or as you mentioned, is it more about they see kind of that craziness going on, and then maybe they realize, you know, they actually have some good stuff going on there. How would you describe that, or, or how would you break that up as far as what people are drawn to or why they come back?
1: I'd say a little bit of both. You know, it's, it's the donut industry when we started was stagnant. I mm-hmm. mean, there are donut shops everywhere but it was the exact same donut shop. And you know, you had your brand, you have your Dunkin', you have your Krispies, but even that, exactly same as the rest of the donut shops. They had donuts, they had chocolate frosting, they had vanilla frosting, there's sprinkles, there's jellies. So we kind of turned it, you know, turned the industry on in just by, you know, well, what if, what if we put cereal on a donut? What if we put cotton candy sugar on a donut? And then the biggest what if of all, what if we put bacon on a donut? (laughs) And all that stuff just is fuel this whole passion for donuts that, that still just blows my mind when I walk to work in the morning and there's a hundred people in line. It just still humbles me to the core that, that all this stuff that we did is silly that we thought was fun too. I mean, that's part of the deal that right. my business partner and I have is like, if we're going to work, our, work ourselves to the bone and get thoroughly exhausted over the next three to five years in the beginning, we better have some fun doing it. So part of that, you know, throwing the eating contest, having world record, you know, world record Large box of donuts and pushing all the record label and all that crazy stuff, not only was part of our marketing plan, but part of just fun stuff we wanted to do. Sure. And luckily, that all parlayed into this crazy business that, that's grown.
0: Now, along with that, kind of the craziness, the kookiness, uh, for those that aren't aware, you're not just about donuts. Uh, you have weddings going on at your shop, you're soliciting and publishing songs. Explain to the listeners how that all plays a role and how that does help. When you're talking about just keeping everything flowing and keeping that fresh idea, like you talked about, and avoiding that stagnant.
1: The uh, well, the wedding idea came at the very beginning because it was if we're going to have a voodoo business, you know, one of the, my handy daddy handy dandy Madame Larue's New Orleans voodoo book. You need to perform some sort of rites if you're going to do a voodoo. So I wasn't that kind of sparked That, that kind of sparked the wedding idea, and like, why not? Why not a happy rite? That's a happy rite, and we kind of, you know, the, just the thought of the, the Vegas wedding chapel, that makes sense. And then and, and a lot of our marketing has been, why not have a wedding in the donut shop? And so <laughs> we did our first wedding within the first week. And now, you know, up to a up 100 a year, it, it ebbs wow. and flows with, you know, fr- uh, usually Friday the 13th, leap years, Halloween's always a big wedding day. And so that, you know, it's an easy, we do our wedding in like five minutes. So there's more of the circus there. I was at the shop and I was the third person in line and they stopped the entire shop and threw a wedding. And it was over in five minutes. Oh my God, it was so crazy. And the, the music thing just kind of lined up. Uh, people just started giving us music. I just thought, you know, they were so inspired by the donut or the shop or us. They would write a song about it. And we kind of joked about how, well, you know, that, that might be kind of a cool thing. And then why not have a record label? So the first thing we got all passionate about is the uh, year of singles, where we did a single a month for a year which is a dozen and they're ah. donut shape and they're in a pink <laughs> box. So at the end of the year, you got a baker's dozen because uh, Trace and I single got put on top. So you got 13 round things with holes in the middle, all decorated in different colors with the wax sheets, like in a donut box in a pink box that just sounded fun to us. And, and it's certainly, you know, I, I anybody out there wanting to start a record labor, well, let me tell you, don't do it unless you're less, it's fun money. Cause, cause it's a losing proposition, but we are in a position to do that. And back again to the the kind of the crazy marketing, we got more advertising out of the money we lost on the record label than probably the the whole thing was worth physically.
0: Sure. Is there ever a concern, and maybe you guys have discussed it, maybe not, that at some point you almost become a parody of what you set out to be where people almost take it to the next level of, well, it's kind of just a joke now and and they move on. Is there ever that concern or is there a, a thought process to make sure that doesn't happen?
1: I wouldn't say that it's exactly like that, but like more, well, we were concerned with the ebb and flow of fats. you know,
0: okay. the donut
1: trend is going up, you know, what do we do before it goes down? And we've watched cupcakes come and go. And now gourmet ice cream and crazy savory ice creams kind of making the, making the crawl up. So it's a big concern. And for us to, uh, you know, to maintain the cool factor which is really hard to do in multiple shops. You know, you know why, why is Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' not cool? It's because they it got 7,000 locations. Right. How do you keep 7,000 locations cool? I mean, it's, it's troubling for us how to keep five locations cool <laughs> and cutting edge and, on the, and, on all, and, and still like that. So it, it is a concern, at least to the fact is like, all right, are we, you know, we going to eventually jump the shark, I guess? Right. kind of what you're saying, too.
0: Now, you mentioned the idea of the various locations. Uh, you have the three in Oregon, is that correct?
1: Yes. Three in Oregon, one in Denver, Colorado. Austin, Texas should be open by fall is okay. probably the best way to put it. And our Taipei license location is open now. In fact, I leave tomorrow to go
0: to grand opening event. Oh, nice. Now explain that one to me, because Colorado, I can understand. Texas, you know, again, you're in the States, big, big state, obviously. Uh, how do you get over to Taiwan? Well,
1: really, since the beginning and still blew our minds in the beginning, in the first six months, a year, people started contacting us. What can I do to get, get open here? What can, I? and the funniest one was we kept getting a repeat request from Metadaskar. <laughs> like, what the, how the hell are we going to do this? And, you know, it's been 12 years now. And the, those, those calls kept coming in and Portland's kind of hot in Tokyo right now. And so we just kind of had the epiphany of, well, what if we license over there? I mean, I, I did the investigation about, well, what if we go over there and open and, just the, the nightmare of international business mm. that I have zero clue about uh, <laughs> intimidated us. But then, all right, as much as we've tried to avoid franchising and, and stuff here, why not over there? I mean, we, they keep begging. So we made arrangements with consulting firms who reach out and find the right people for a match for us. And we really had our eyes on, on Japan
0: okay. first
1: because uh, we really think that, that that would be a really hard, strong hit. Uh, but Taiwan met terms first, so so we're uh, we're got one shop over there. We're gonna see what happens, and I think this type of thing is gonna be really hot over there. So if it's if it's very successful, then that's just another notch in the notch in the brand.
0: Well, I think that's really cool. I'm glad we were able to catch you before you went over there. Uh, I think very timely for us to be able to chat with you a little bit. Uh, I know we're getting a little close on our time, so I wanted to hit you with some quicker things. Sure. Do you have a favorite donut of what you guys create, sell, or maybe a couple that you really like for whatever reason?
1: The classic donut I love the most is the old-fashioned. It's soft and crunchy, and it takes the most finesse to make, so I like that one. And then far as the ones we created, I can't argue with a bacon maple bar. Savory right. and <laughs> sweet. It's pancakes and bacon and maple syrup all on one thing.
0: Wow. I'm not sure if I want to try that or not, but uh, I do have family in Seattle, so maybe I'll have to convince them to get some for Pretty me. much anybody <laughs> who likes
1: bacon and pancakes, it, there's no reason why you can't like it. If you don't like bacon, I, I leave you alone. I'm sure. not going to push it. But.
0: Well, you know, they say don't trust anyone who doesn't enjoy bacon, so. How about the customers? What have you noticed? Any trends, maybe from the beginning to now, or anything that seems to stand out among them?
1: You know, our from the very beginning, our quirky line has been: who are our customers? They're from the womb to the tomb, and you know, we don't have a specific target. You know, we're certainly right. a punk rock and roll donut shop, but you know, donuts are for everybody. And when we had an early customer who came in that was pregnant with her mom and later came back with her child old enough to eat donuts and three generations are (laughs) eating donuts. I mean, it's, that's the cool thing is I just, I love that the pool is so big that I know, I know we're going to lose somebody. Somebody's offended by voodoo. Somebody didn't like donuts. Somebody came in and got a bad donut. You know, you make millions of donuts. Not everyone's going to be perfect. You're going to lose a few, but the consensus, I just love that when the line's going, everybody's in line, lawyers, bikers, college kids, Parents, grandparents—it's it's so cool.
0: The last thing I want to ask you is just: Do you have any stories? I mean, I'm sure you've seen plenty of crazy things—not just from your end, but even your customers. Maybe some of your more uh, loyal consumers over there. Any stories that you can give us? Something that stands out? Something that was just even beyond the craziness that you have expected? Whether it was at a wedding or it was something else that happened in the shop?
1: Uh, you know, weddings are always a cool thing. I, you know, I, I I talked about how I announced earlier and stuff, and I. I don't have the opportunity to do that anymore. I've got so many shops. I've got a family and all that stuff. And weddings are the one point where I get to go be on stage and marry these two people. And I love that part of my job because you never know what you're going to walk into. You get a little briefing. I got a name. I might have they're from where they're from or something. But I could be walking into two people in full tux and wedding gown. I could be walking into two people in shorts and a t-shirt. We've married cats. we've married hot dog to mustard and people dressed up in suits. And those, I mean, if you're at We Do Donut when there's a wedding, you know, enjoy it. I think that's kind of the surprise factor for me and for the customer when these things happen. And it's just such a happy thing. Everybody's cool and, and, and it's a happy moment. It's kind of like people showing up with flowers and stuff. The donuts just kind of calm that people down and make them excited at the same time. And being part of that, and seeing the fanaticism that I, that I and my business partner have created just blows my mind all the time and completely humbles me. And hey, that's not a specific crazy incident, but the, I always get excited for weddings just because you never know what you're, what, what's going to show up or what to expect.
0: I think that's a perfect place for us to leave off today. Kenneth, thank you very much for coming on, sharing really your passion for this industry. And as you said, you see it continue to go on the rise. So uh, we will we will sit back and watch and see what happens with Voodoo Donut. Thanks a lot for coming on again.
1: I appreciate it for me. I'm lucky enough to have the best job in the world. Thanks for your opportunity to talk.
0: That will do it for us on this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we were speaking with Kenneth Cat Daddy Pogson. He's the co-founder of Voodoo Donut out of Portland, Oregon, and it was a pleasure to speak with him today. If you have any feedback about this show or any of our episodes on LJN Radio, just shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at the LJN, and you can check out all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.